It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. In today's show, we're going to find out how rusty I am. Not recording for two weeks, I'm back in Australia, and I'm here to do updated Dynasty rookie ranks after Summer League. Michael Bolton, are you back as well? Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball. On TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. That's pricepicks.com and the promo code is Locked On. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free, we are available on all platforms. So, I'm back. Summer League is done. I went to Summer League and I will talk. Tomorrow's show, I'm going to be talking to Dan Titus of Yahoo. We met up at Summer League. We spent quite a bit of time together. And we're going to talk about our three biggest takeaways and things that we learned from Summer League. So that's tomorrow's show. And then because I have missed a bunch of time, I'm going to be pumping out a bunch of stuff. You're going to get some Summer League uh, recaps for every team. I don't know how I'm going to do those shows, but I'm going to do them. And we talk about every player who's relevant to whatever degree prospects, how we view that, or how I view that, that's going to come. So today, Dynasty Rookie Ranks updated. Wanted to get this one out first, just in case you've got a Dynasty Rookie draft that you're doing. Talk to Dan, and then we're going to do a bunch of stuff on uh, the rookies, and then we'll get into other stuff as it happens. So that's where we are with all of this. Um, Again, talked to a lot of people at Summer League, made a lot of good uh, contacts and caught up with a lot of people I hadn't seen for a long time, and a lot of that information will filter through. Now, there is an argument to be made that you should pay zero attention to Summer League when viewing the valuation of fantasy or of NBA players and their value in the league and dynasty. And I agree to an extent. I think there is a small change and a small change in evaluation that you can make. Now, a lot of the things that I thought before Summer League were absolutely rock solid confirmed. Having a Men Thompson, having Asar Thompson ahead of Brandon Miller, Yep, absolutely love that take. Love it. Nothing about that was proved wrong, I don't think. Having Scoot Henderson at two, bang, love it. A few things, though, that I looked at and went, oh, I don't know about that. So I made some adjustments to my board, and I made some, a couple of adjustments to the Dynasty ranking formulas, and you'll see some guys move up and move down. Again, remember when we talk about tiers, if a player's in the same tier, you could, e- you could easily make the argument to me this guy should be higher or lower. You can make whatever argument you want about how you position your own players. But in terms of tiers, they're relatively similar to me. And then you take those things. Now, in terms of dynasty tiers, I'm looking at not their production year one. I'm trying to look at a four to five year period. 
that's generally the rule that I'm looking at in terms of how I'm ranking these players. Age is, is an important factor as well. So not only is it a five-year production thing, but someone who's ranked, or someone who's 23 already, he's having less value than someone is 19. If they're the same player, that's just simply how my formula is going to approach these, as well as the value that I put on the players, as well as the fantasy value that they have shown, as well as the draft capital that NBA teams have invested in that player. I hope that's not too much of a search. We're going to be doing category leagues and points leagues. There's not gigantic differences, but we are going to do that. I hope this all makes sense. Wani? Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my voice is cracking, man. Didn't drink enough on the plane on the way over. All right, let's talk tier one. There is absolutely, and there shouldn't be, zero change with tier one for category leagues and for points leagues. It's the same bloke. It's Victor Wembanyama again. Yes, his first game, the offense was a little bit shaky. The defense was unbelievable. And in game two, he turned the offense on. He's going to start from day one. He's going to be, he should be the third pick overall in a dynasty startup league. He's the number one pick in a rookie draft. Where he goes in redraft leagues, I don't know yet. I don't know what the ADP is going to be. I don't know what I'm going to rank him. They are going to be really cautious with minutes. Well, not with minutes, but to a degree with minutes. But games played as well. So that's probably going to scare me off taking him in round two. But I think he's going to put up unbelievable numbers. Look, conservatively, I haven't projected a single thing yet. But let's say conservative 16, 8, 3, 16, 8, 2, 2 assists, 0.8 steals. Conservative is 2.2 blocks, I think. Maybe 46% shooting. I worry about that. 77 from the line. That's all great numbers. But I could, it, that's con- real conservative. But I haven't projected it. Anyway, what am I talking about? Weminyama's one. If you want to fight me about it, fight me. He's number one. You No one's arguing it. If you are, I think you're doing it just for attention. He's one. He's number one. Would you like me to say it again? Victor Wembanyama is the number one pick in a dynasty rookie draft. I think... Don't need to argue it. Um, nothing's changed here. That number in parentheses, we always used to call it brackets when I was young. But anyway, parentheses is where they were ranked in my dynasty rookie ranks pre-Summer League. And you'll see there's not a lot of change for a lot of these guys. I had old mate Sterling. This is for category league. Sterling Henderson at number two. Jesus, God, Sterling. So Scooter at number two. I had, I had. Well, I don't know. Didn't realize I'd turned into a New Zealander. I had um, a Men Thompson at number three. I think he's talking to you. And I had Asar Thompson at number four. I think he's talking to you. And I've got the same. Scoot at two, a Men at three, Asar at four. I'll talk more about a Men and Asar and, and Scoot in their Summer League performances in the coming days. But one thing I thought overall from Summer League is that the overtime elite guys, they just did what they did. They did what we thought they would do, the level of competition stuff with them, with the G League Ignite, the way that NBA teams seem to devalue it. Maybe not devalue it because the men and Asar went at three and uh, four and five. They looked unbelievable. And yes, the shooting percentages are going to be a problem. And in terms of redraft, I don't know how much a men and Asar are actually going to play. But there is no nothing that happened at Summer League makes me think they shouldn't be in tier two with Scoot. And clear, that is a clear top four for me in category leagues. Now, in points leagues, I do have Scooter on his own in tier two still. I had that last time. He's at number two. He was at number two last time. We are not changing that in the slightest. 
today's episode, though, I don't need to change this one because it is brought to you by Price Picks, and we know how good Price Picks is. We love playing fantasy. What the hell are you doing this in this show if you don't love playing fantasy? But how about a different sort of daily fantasy? Because that's what Price Picks gives you. It's not salary caps. It's not going up against thousands of people with spreadsheets and formulas. It's you one-on-one against player projection. So maybe it is Scooter, and you see his points number, and you go, mate, Scooter's going to go off today. What are we talking about? 15 and a half. We'll go above. Or we'll see a man with one steal, and you go, he's going to smash it because he's going to get more minutes, and the steals go up. And you get two between two to six of those individual player projections. You smash them into a lineup, and you can win up to 25 times your entry fee back. It is that simple. Not just basketball. But that's coming back in about two and a half months. You've got baseball run at the moment. You've got the Women's World Cup Soccer happening right now, starting here in Australia. You can do that. I assume you can do that. I says you can do soccer. Why not? Um, all college sports, esports, NASCAR, tennis, golf, disc golf. You can't miss out on that. So download the PricePix app or go to pricepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 reduced with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PricePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PricePix gives you, hold on to yourself, 50 bucks. That's one for one. Easy. Don't forget, enter the promo code locked on to sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's do tier three. Okay. At number five, he was number five last time. He remains number five this time. It is Brandon Miller. I was very tempted to drop him down. He did not look particularly good. And yes, we could say, well, look at the players playing alongside him. Yes, James Booknight should be out of the league. That is all true. But when he heads on to the big squad, he will have Lomelo there. But where does Brandon Miller fall in the offensive pecking order? Head of Lomelo? No. Rogier? No. Miles Bridges? No. Gordon Haywood? Probably not. I don't know what's happening with PJ Washington. How many shots is he going to get? Can't create it for himself. Not athletic enough to finish at the rim. What's he going to do? I think that he's going to get horribly overdrafted in uh, redraft leagues. And I think he's probably going to get overdrafted in uh, Dynasty Rookie Ranks. I had him at five. But he's in a tier with just a bunch of other blokes. And yeah, that's... Yeah, I I was definitely... I felt way better about saying there's no chance in the world that I would take Miller at three. uh, Sorry, at two over Scoot. Felt good about saying that. I'm not saying he's a bust. But he's basically in the same sort of spot that I had him pre-summer league or pre-draft. Like, he showed me that guy. He's, He's good. But he's not excellent. And that's where he's at. Um, we didn't see Taylor Hendricks play in Summer League, which is a real bummer. He's not going to do a huge amount year one, but I've still got him at six. He was at six last time. I've got Jarris Walker at number seven. Hello. I had him at seven last time. He flashed some really, really interesting defense. He looked unbelievable defensively, but the offense and the shooting was a problem, as we thought it might have been. Thought he did some really good stuff dribbling and, and passing as well. We'll talk about more about that in some other shows. Um... His path to year one value is a little bit more muddled with Obi Toppin around. And if they do get involved in this Pascal Siakam potential trade. But he's at seven still. And as you'll see, in my top 10, nobody changed. Nobody changed. Um, Derek Lively, I had at eight. He stays at eight. 
He showed me all the things in summer league that I thought he could do. It will take time to get there, but a high field goal percentage, rebounding, shot-blocking guy with some offensive upside is a really good fantasy player. Look at Walker Kessler. That's why I have Lively there. I don't think he, I don't have him as the eighth best prospect overall from the NBA. But for category leagues for fantasy, yes. At number nine, I was high on this guy, higher than uh, quite a few others, and I feel good about it. Number nine was Kaysan Wallace, who now apparently goes by Kaysan again. So I don't know, but I want to keep him as Kaysan so I can play that song. I had him at number nine. He's number nine now. I don't think he's going to start day one. And they've got a very, very full roster still with guys like Micic, um, Trey Mann, like a million blokes on that roster. But Wallace, I think, fits perfectly with Shea, with Giddy, with uh, the Bronco, and with Chet. He won't start over Dort, but he will very soon. He's a really good player, and I could easily see him becoming number five on this list. I know he's in tier three, he's at nine, and Brandon Miller's at five. No, no question to me he could be the best player in tier three. And then at number 10 is Bilal Kalabali, who was really missing on offense at the start of Summer League, but showed really good defensive stuff and improved as it went on. I had him at 10 last time. I am uh, keeping him at 10 this time. I just think that yeah, there wasn't enough there for me to um, bring him up or to necessarily bring him down. I'm happy with where he ended up here on this um, on this list. I did bring him up in my overall ranks. I had him at like 19 pre-summer league. I did move him up to 16, but it didn't really do a lot to change his um, his tier number for Dynasty and categories. Now, in points leagues, we're still on tier three here because Scoot was in a tier of his own in tier number two, and it's the same two blokes. At number three, Amen Thompson. At number four, Asar Thompson. We'll give him a, a Mr. Thompson again. Why not? I think he's talking to you. So the top four in both categories and points, Scoot, oh, sorry, not Scoot, Wemby, Scoot, Amen, and Asar. And to be honest, Amen and Asar were so very close in how my statistical numbers brought them out that you could have had them either way. But watching them, I was more impressed with Amen, even though I think Asar probably does more as a rookie. But I think Amen overall does have the higher upside. So I do have him at three and Asar at four in both formats. Let's look at tier four. And tier four for uh, category leagues is really small. We've only got two players in it. One of those is Anthony Black. Mr. Black. I had him at 11 last time. I've got him at 11 again. He, I know everyone loved his first game, and I will always harp on this. That is a really important, important factor for everybody playing fantasy, consuming NBA media. His first game, he looked really good. He put up some really strong numbers. And everyone talked about it. Man, look how ready he is. He's awesome. But then I think he shot 26% from three over the course of the summer league. His second game was quite bad. And overall, the production and the numbers from Black tied into what I expected. I didn't have him as a top 10 player in my real uh, NBA draft big board. I think I had him at like 14 or 15 or something like that. I moved him up one or two spots, but his fantasy game translated not that well from Arkansas. And I'd say that his production in summer league he was basically mirroring that. Despite that first game, he shot 70% from the field. Everything went downhill after that. And that's not a surprise to me. So I've got him still at 11. Now at number 12, I have Cam Whitmore. Whitmore was the Summer League MVP. By no means was he the best player at Summer League. His numbers were really boosted by an eight-steal game that he had there. But his numbers at Villanova, he did have really good steals at Villanova. And he did improve as players dropped off that Summer League team for Houston as it went forward. And he's had some good scoring numbers. No one denies that he's athletic and can get to the rim. 
No one denies that he's got the scoring ability, but the inability to pass, it improved, but it still wasn't great. And there are just a few things that are a little bit off still with his game. So while he was good, and he definitely shouldn't have fallen to 20 in the real draft, um, having him at 12 in the Dynasty rookie ranks, which is where I've got him, it, it didn't. his summer league didn't change. I don't think it really changed anything for me to have him in this area. Like, he's not far off being able to jump a, a little bit higher, but... Yeah, he is. I don't know. He's 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 a fairly he's a fairly interesting player at that spot. Now, for a points league, we'll start tier four at number five because we've got the other four players in the first three tiers. Number five is Brandon Miller. He was at five last time. Number six is Jarris Walker. He was at six last time. Seven is Hendricks. He was seven last time. Eight is Bilal Kalabali, who was eight last time as well. So the top eight remains unchanged. There was a little bit of a change here. Derek Lively moved from ten up to number nine. Now, he's not quite as valuable in a points league as he is a category league, but I think he showed enough that in a year's time, I don't think he's going to play much this year for Dallas, by the way. I think in a year's time, he'll probably be starting and maybe be a 25 a minute a night guy. I don't know, but his competition of Kleber, Powell, and Holmes isn't particularly, or it's not inspiring at all. So I think Lively will play a pretty sizable role as early as next season. So he's up at number nine. And then um, tier four for points leagues extends to a couple other players. I do have Kaysan Wallace at number 10. So he moved up from 11. And the guy that dropped down to me was Anthony Black. He moved down from number nine to number 11. Was it because of his play? Not particularly, not really. Like he was still pretty good, I thought. But it was just me making some adjustments on my board overall and moving some other guys around, someone like you know, Calabali. Just a few little things changed there in terms of the evaluation and the formula that I was using to tweak things that moved Black down from number nine in a points league to number 11 in a dynasty rookie rank. So that's really the major change that's happened so far. Now in tier five is where we get some other pretty significant changes. And this is probably the one that you're going, well, why isn't this guy here? Well, here he is now. Tier 5 for Category Leagues. At number 13, I do have the speaker, Keynote George, who was at 16 last time and moves up to 13. I had someone tweet at me the other day, hey man, have you redone your Dynasty Rookie Ranks and moved uh, Keontae into the top 5? No. I mean, I no, I hadn't done my Dynasty Rookie Ranks, but no, I'm also not moving him up on into the top 5 based on Summer League. Now, I was quite down on Keontae George heading into the draft. I said it. And I many times, and I said, there's always this high volume, low efficiency guy whose game I'm skeptical of in college, and then it doesn't work out in the NBA. Shout out to John Davis. Shout out to James Booknight. And I thought there's a real chance that George is that guy. I think I'm wrong. Actually, I'm pretty confident I'm wrong with that. He looked great. And looking at the Jazz at the moment, with Colin Sexton, I guess, as their starting point guard, or Chris Dunn, or Talon Horton Tucker, Hey, George could start this year, like very easily. Now, his numbers at Baylor were pretty bad. His shooting was really off, but he did have an ankle problem and he did put on quite a bit of weight, much like me coming back from America and eating good food every day. And yes, I did eat a lot of good food. I put on a ton of weight, which is a problem, but George lost that weight. And for the summer league, he looked awesome. He scored really well. He passed well. And But one thing to always remember is who are you playing with? Who are they playing with in some league? Now, George looked excellent, but Bryce Sensabaugh didn't play. Taylor Hendricks didn't play. Who was on that roster? So who was getting the shots? Who was getting the ball? Nobody. But when he goes to the big team, Jordy Clarkson, the man on the street, he's back. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. Larry Marketing, he's going to get lots of touches. 
And John Collins is as well. Now, Markkinen and Clarkson obviously get more than Collins, but they're all going to touch it. So even if Keontae does move into the starting lineup, he's not going to be able to put up those summer league numbers straight away. Now, I think that he is, based on what I saw there, he looked really good. And I think he is going to be able to develop into a starting point guard. And for as good as this draft class is, and it's really good, there might be three blokes who start opening night out of this draft class. Scoot, maybe. Like if Lillard is traded, maybe. Scoot will start if Lillard is traded, but he might not otherwise. Weminyama will start. I think Brandon Miller will start, but that will require Gordon Haywood being benched. And then I don't know who else starts. Probably nobody. Maybe Jarris or Obi Toppin. There's the battle there in Indiana. But not many guys are going to start. George has a chance to start very, very easily. Maybe not opening night, but it might not take long. I've still only got him at 13, so I've moved him three spots up, but he's up to 13. I got Pajemski, who I had at 13. I dropped him to 14. Now, he shot the ball horribly. He looked a little bit small in summer league, I thought, but I thought his decision-making, his IQ, his ball movement was all excellent. His hustle, his rebounding, all of that translated. The numbers off the screen didn't look great, but I am, I, am drop, I dropped him one spot, but I still think it's not going to be this year. I still think he's going to be a valuable NBA player. I also dropped Kobe Bufkin down from 14 to 15 to accommodate the rise of Key, Keynote George. Bufkin struggled early in sub league. He had a couple of flashes. And with DeJounte Murray getting extended, he doesn't have a clear role. So it might be a little bit iffy with him. But I still think he's good. Dropped him down. Now, this guy, Leonard Miller, I thought was awesome. It made no sense to me. I had him at 10 on my overall NBA draft big board. 10. And he fell to 33. I had him at 17 on the Dynasty rookie ranks last time. I've moved him to 16. But honestly, he could easily jump ahead of Pajemski, Bufkin, maybe even Keontae, maybe even into tier four. The problem is, is he's got so many blokes ahead of him. Kyle Anderson, Jaden McDaniels, Rudy Gobert, Kyle Anthony Towns, the re-signed Nas Reed. Miller is a very good player. He's going to be the steal of this draft, I believe. But his path to minutes in the first couple of years is a little bit crowded. But I've still got him at 16 and could easily argue he goes higher. And then the um, prime grade penis, S-tier schlong, grade A dick. Is it number 17? I had Dick at 15 last time. Had an ar- argument. was an argument. I was discussing with someone on Twitter the other day. I go, man, why don't you have Dick this high? He's the best shooter in this class. And I said, is he? He might be, but it is very far from a clear-cut case. Very far. It's like when you went back a couple of years ago and people would argue that Aaron Neesmith was the best shooter in the class because he shot 46% from three um, in college. Obviously, he isn't the best shooter in that class. You can say he's got an argument to be the best shooter, but I would say so does Brandon Miller. So does Bryce Sensabaugh. So does Jordan Hawkins. Quite a few guys have the argument to the best shooter in this class. So when Dick's skill is being a shooter, and I cannot categorically tell you he is the best shooter in this class, and I don't know what else he's going to do, and he also shot 28% from three in Summer League. I'm not jumping him up. He doesn't have a particularly strong fantasy game. And a lot of my worries with him, where I had him, I think 19 or so on my real NBA draft big board, I'm not changing my mind on it. He's got he's at 17. Four points leagues. Tier five, it's two guys. It's Cam Whitmore at 12. He was at 12 last time. And then Keontae George moved up from 18 to 13 in points leagues. So I think Whitmore was 12 in categories and 13 in points leagues. And, and Sorry, he's 12 in categories, 12 in points. And Keontae was 13 in categories and 13 in points as well. Let us move across to tier six now. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. 
Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Um, for category leagues, I've got Noah Clowney at number 18. Clowney, I thought, struggled a little bit at Summer League. He's still very, very young. The defense was okay. He's not going to contribute much immediately, but I'm keeping him here at number 18. Bryce Sensible, I had it 21 last time. I moved him up to 19. You might say, Joshua, how? Why did you move Bryce Sensible up? He didn't play. Well, part of it was a little bit of a tweak in my formula. But just because he didn't play doesn't mean that it, he gets penalized. My evaluation of him remains the same. A guy who's got some real defensive concerns, some concerns with his knee, but could be an absolute offensive powerhouse. And I have moved him up. The pimple, Derek Whitehead, also didn't play. He was at 19 last time. He moved down to 20. That's not a big change. Uh, he's still got really good upside as well. And Jet Howard was 20. I moved him down to 21. Much like Dick. Uh, is he the best shooter in his class? I don't know. What else is he going to do? He didn't wow me, really, at all in that Magic team. He showed a couple of little things. A little bit of passing flash, a little bit of dribbling, but nothing that got me completely excited. Tier 6 for points leagues. We've got... Um, it's quite a big tier, actually. It takes us all the way out to number 21. So at 14, it's Kobe Bufkin. Uh, down from 13. Noah Clowney goes from 16 to 15. Leonard Miller goes from 20 up to 16. Really hot. Miller's summer league was amazing. Um, Pajemski goes from 14 to 17. Dick goes from 15 to 18. Sensible goes from 22 to 19. Jed Howard goes from 17 to 20. And the pimple stays at 21 to Rick Whitehead. So we're now, the top 21 players are done through both categories and points. Now we move on to tier seven, where there are three players for both of those as well. Category leagues for 22, it's Jordan Hawkins. It was 22 last time. I was relatively disappointed. Actually, that's not true. I was not high on Hawkins. I think I had him 27 on my overall board. I watched him play. Went, oh my God, this guy is so small. What's what's he going to do? How's he going to play even on this team? He might be a good shooter, but man, he looks small and I don't know what he's going to do. So he's at 22. I don't like him for fantasy. Hood Shafino stays at 23 and James Naji stays at 24. Naji... Probably a little bit away from doing anything. This is a longer-term investment. Um, but I don't think Hawkins is going to play much. And I don't think Hood Shafino is going to play much earlier either. And it's the same three guys in Tier 7 for points. But it's Hood Shafino at 22, Najee at 23, Hawkins at 24. Hawkins' value comes from shooting threes. And that doesn't translate particularly well into a points league format. Najee has got some value in a points league because of his rebound ability. He can be a really good rebounder, but he is, of course, on Charlotte. I don't even know if he's going to have a contract there or he's going to play there this season, and he's going to be the backup to Mark Williams. But when we move forward, there is still ability for those sort of guys in two to three years to find themselves a different team and become starters. But I understand, completely understand if there's a couple of guys here in Tier 8, which we're going to get to in a second, that you'd prefer to have over James Nagy because his role and when he's going to play is very uncertain. That is a an absolute bet on the future, the fact that he is so young. He is big. He's seven foot but it probably takes a long time to get there. Tier 8 for Category Leagues. I think this is a big one. Yeah, it's huge, this one for Category Leagues. It goes through all the way to number 38. So it's a really big tier. 25. Actually, we'll do the Points League one first, then we'll bang through all the Category ones. Points Leagues, Tier 8. 25 is Nick Smith Jr. Got some good size. He's very uh, tallness. Height. Height, that's the word, not tallness. Good, some, good, uh, got some good height. He's very skinny. Uh, his passing looks okay. I think he can be a capable backup combo guard player that might start in certain situations. But he definitely didn't look like a top five player that he was projected to be prior to the college season. 
He was at 25 last time as well. I had G.G. Jackson at 29. I moved him to 26. He's on a two-way for the Grizz. He's not going to play a huge amount. I wouldn't think early on, but he's so young. I think he works his way into a full contract next year. And I was impressed. Now, the, the lack of assists and passing is, is a problem, but he showed offensive touch, and I'm going to take a gamble on that at this point. 27 is Olivier Maxence Prosper, who was at 28 last time, moved into 27. He showed some flashes for, for sure. A lot of people are overrating him a little bit, I think, from his summer league. Remember, he is older. He's going to turn 22 soon. I think he's at least 21 already. Um, he'll have some minutes in Dallas, but he's not going to be immediately in their rotation. Losing Reggie Bullock helps. He's not going to play 26 minutes a night. He's going to play limited minutes with Seth Curry, Tim Hardaway. Um, he's just not going to... And Josh Green. He's not going to be playing 30 a night. And then at 28, I've got Jaime Jaquez Junior. Please, we are not calling him JJJ. I've seen a few people try to do it. He's not JJJ. If you tweet me a question or write a comment in YouTube about JJJ, I'm going to ignore every piece of context that you give me, and I'm going to assume you're talking about Jaron Jackson. Okay? That's going to happen. Huckers got hurt. He played early in the summer league and then got hurt, didn't play. I actually didn't see him play live at Vegas. He's old. He didn't shoot well in four years at UCLA. Oh, he's a heat lifer. You know, he's a heat culture guy. They just love what he does. Yeah, but does that matter? Like, how much does that matter when we're translating stuff for fantasy if he's a guy that needs a little bit of usage and won't get it? He's not a reliable shooter. He's not going to get part rebounds or assists. Or st- What's he going to do? Like, I don't think, and I would view him that highly for Dynasty Leagues. In saying that, he moved up from 26 to 28 in points leagues. Tier 8 for category leagues. Let's go. It's big. 25 is Huckers. He was 25 last time. I moved Marcus Sasser from 27 to 26. And I moved Chris Murray from 26 down to 27. Murray just looked like a complete low upside player who was solid enough, but I don't really know what he's going to do well. Sasser struggled and then had that gigantic 40-point game when the Pistons were sitting everybody. But that doesn't matter because he's not going to play behind Cade or Ivy or Thompson or Monte Morris or maybe even Killian Hayes. And he's short and he's old. But he's better than some of these other guys. CD Sissoko. I had him at 35. I moved him to 28. Now, that's partly because of a little tweak in my formula that I did. His scoring and offense was pretty bad. But I thought defensively, he was very good. That's going to get him minutes. I thought his passing was solid enough. And I think that this is a bet for future down the road. It's not Nothing's happening immediately at all. I had Nick Smith at 29. He was 28 last time. I had Omax at 30. He was 32 last time. Not sure how much he's going to translate into category leagues. Not as high on him as others. And again, a little bit older. 31 is G.G. Jackson, all the way up from 37. Colby Jones from 33 to 32. I thought Colby looked pretty good in Sacramento. There's no real clear role for him immediately. I'm not sure he's a really high upside guy, but he looked okay. Tristan Vukcevic was at 31. I moved him to 33. That's mainly because of other guys moving ahead of him. He looked all right. Didn't blow me away, though. I moved Julian Strouder from 30 to 34. Part of him being at 30 last time was the draft capital the Nuggets invested, picking him at 29. Again, my formula tweaked somewhat, but also watched him in summer league, and I just wasn't blown away. Like, the bloke's old. Should have been tearing these guys apart, and he didn't. He looked, he just looked all right. And, I, yeah, I'm not that interested. Kobe Brown, I know a lot of people be going, he's got to go higher. Had him 34, and actually moved him down to 35. Now, I didn't really move him down more than moving other players ahead of him. But he's 23 and a half. That Clippers team had... Nobody on it. There are people calling, man, Kobe Brown's got to start for us. There is almost no way that is going to happen. They could, there are so many other options they can do than starting Kobe Brown. 
Oh, it's only got Marcus Morris to get ahead of him. Yeah, Marcus Morris is not very good. But Kobe Brown's a rookie, and I don't think he's going to play those minutes. Or Covington, or Batum is there. Or they can start Norman Powell. I just, or what, who knows what happens if there's a James Harden trade. I think people got ahead of themselves because their Clippers team had nobody on it in Summer League. Brown put up some good numbers. And he, I, he might be able to get rotation minutes, but I, I do not see star for him. I could be wrong. He was impressive, but I, I don't see it. I moved Jordan Walsh up a little bit. Had him at 40. I moved him up to 36. Much like Kobe Brown, though, nobody played for the Celtics. J.D. Davison got some assists, but they've got no prospects. He wasn't sharing the ball with Jabari Smith and um, Cam Whitmore and Tari Eason or any of those. Like, he wasn't doing any of that. There was nobody on that team. Now, Walsh was pretty good, but he's never going to get on-ball reps. He's never going to get usage on this team. He's going to have to get by in limited minutes when he plays. And I don't think the offense ever scales up in an NBA environment. So I did move him from 40 to 36, but the context of the summer league performance, look who is on the team. Number 37 is Amari Bailey. I, I that The Hornets signed him to a two-way deal, which is to pick him at 41 and then put him on a two-way is stupid to me. So that did reduce his value slightly. He went from 36 to 37. I thought he looked good. I thought he looked better than James Booknight. I thought he looked better than Bryce McGowan. I thought he looked better than Nick Smith at times. The fact that he, they did put him on a two-way, though, and didn't let me bump him as high as I would like. He was at 37. And then Ben Shepard was 29 last time. He's 38 now. He didn't really impress me that much. He's an older player. There are a lot of players in his position. Not, not really that interested. So I dropped him down. Tier 9. For category leagues, there's one bloke in it. At number 39, it's Maxwell Lewis. Now, the points league tier here is a lot bigger. Lewis was 38 last time. He's 39 this time. We didn't see much of him for the Lakers because guys like Max Christie and Hood Shafino, uh, they were really stepping up. They look pretty good doing it. Well, not Hood Shafino so much, but um, uh, Christie, he looked pretty good. Points leagues. Sissoko's at 29. Chris Murray's at 30, down from 27. Jordan Walsh up to 31. Down from uh, up from 39, Colby Jones at 32, and Amari Bailey at 33. And then to round out tier nine for points leagues, it's Julian Strouder at 34 and Marcus Sasser at 35. Up from 36, let's do tier 10 for category leagues. We have Julian Phillips at number 40, he was 39 last time. I didn't actually see him in person because for some reason the Chicago Bulls legends in their front office couldn't figure out to sign into a contract. I don't know why. So he didn't play the first couple of games. Cool, didn't see him. Ryan Rupert, I, he looks like he's got a long way to go. He is really long, but man, he just sort of got lost on that team. But that's also an example. If he was on that Celtics team playing Jordan Walsh's role, would he have done anything versus sharing the ball with Scoot and Shaden Sharp in Portland or Chris Murray? Don't know. And then Andre Jackson, who is, he'll go many, many games without scoring. His offense is really bad, but his defense is awesome. He was at 41. I moved him to 42. He could have some really big steals and blocks games. And there's a chance with Javon Carter gone that he can get rotation minutes. So 42 might be a little bit low for Jackson, but I am worried that that offense is just always going to be a pretty big disaster. For points leagues, 36 is Maxwell Lewis. 37, Ben Shepard. 38 is Julian Phillips. 39 is Tristan, Tristan Vukcevic. 40 is Ryan Rupert. And 41 is Kobe Brown. A lot of Brown's value comes from percentages and from defensive stats, and that doesn't really matter that much when we're talking points leagues. Some big jumpers in Tier 11. For category leagues, I'm going to do category leagues first. Yes, I am. 43, Hunter Tyson. He was 44 last time, 43 this time. He played much better than Julian Strouder, but I worry that he's... Some of the stuff he was doing in some league, goes, oh, all right, Hunter Tyson. I didn't know you could do that. 
But his role in the NBA is probably just going to be as a three-point shooter. And the reason that Strouder has a little bit of an edge there is his ability to rebound. I don't really know if Tyson does that, but he was clearly a better player in summer league, Hunter Tyson. Jalen Pickett, the other Nuggets guy. I moved those guys, flipped them. They were 43-44. They still are, but now Tyson is ahead of Pickett. I'm not sure how much they're going to play. But one of the big rises is Trace Jackson Davis, up from 50 to 45. Some people think that he might start for the Warriors. I'd be very, very stunned that that happens. But he could easily get rotation minutes early on. Still don't think it's going to be big minutes. He showed nice stuff for the Warriors. Didn't play early on, which was annoying, but did play towards the end and played well. I'm still not convinced that a 23-year-old 6'9 center is going to blow us away. That's why I'm not moving him any higher than this, but there will be many people who have him at 30, at 25. I'm just not there with him, despite really good statistical translations. The age worries me and some of the height stuff too. I moved Amani Bates up. He was at 52. He's at 46 now. He had some pretty good games, but he is heavily reliant on the shot. The efficiency needs to be there. I'm not sure what else he's going to do. And again, he was with Sam Merrill and Isaiah Mobley, not Levert, Garland, Mitchell, Mobley, Struess. He's not going to play season one. I'm not sure he's ever going to be a reliable rotation player, but he looked all right. He looked all right for the Cavs and they won summer league. Jalen Slauson, I had him at 46, I moved him at 47. Don't really have much to say there. Tumari, Tumani Kamara went from 49 to 48. Showed a few things for the Suns. He just won't play very much at all. Even though I like him, there are just too many other guys that they're going to slide through those roles like a Kogi or Bates Diop. Um, there's a lot of different guys they can run through that spot. Old mate, Bol Bol. Um, points leagues, I should have done this first. Andre Jackson, 42. Amani Bates, 43. Um, he's up quite a bit there. Muhammad Gay at 44, Jalen Pickett 45, Jackson Davis 46, and Hunter Tyson 47. And we round out tier 11 for category leagues. It is Muhammad Gay at 49 and Seth Lundy at 50. Now, Gay dropped from 45 to 49, even though he played pretty well. It's more just my initial evaluation of him was pretty rough. I did change that, but then the formula tweaks dropped him down somewhat to put him at 49. And he is a long way from being able to contribute, I think. Tier 12. Um... For category leagues, 51 is Jalen Clark. 52 is Adama Sonogo, a two-way guy for the Bulls as an undrafted player. I thought, thought he looked really good. And I thought that he showed, along with a couple of other guys here who are two-way players, that they should have been drafted. I thought Sonogo looked pretty strong. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Bulls convert him straight away. 53 was Colin Castleton, who moved up from 63 to 53. Two-way guy from the Lakers at times. And by at times, I mean most of the time. He was the best or second best player in that Lakers team behind Christie. Could he he's, could he be better than Jackson Hayes this season? Yes. He's not going to play a huge amount, but I, I think he was really good in college and the numbers translated and he looked awesome in summer league. So I've moved him up quite a bit. To Quavion Smith, I moved from 51 to 54, so down. Two-way guy for the Sixers. He didn't impress me hugely. He was okay, but didn't impress me hugely. Jalen Wilson from the Nets, he scored really well. But I did, he ended up at 55 just because I moved a few other guys around. I'm just not sure that he's going to be able to do it on a real team in the NBA. Summer League was sort of suited to him. And this is part of the problem we had with him at Kansas is that he was this high usage guy scoring, but it doesn't make sense to do that on, a, on an NBA team. And while Summer League team is cool, that's sort of a step up. That wasn't a team that had prospects everywhere. So Wilson was good, but I don't think it translates. Then at 56, it's Jajan Gortman who I, there was rumored he was signed to a two-way, but I don't think that's been confirmed yet. But he was at 54, moved into 56. I thought he showed enough, another overtime elite guy, showed enough to say, yeah, look, overtime elite, we can sort of trust what they're doing. I don't know if the NBA is going to believe that, but I, I believe it. 
For points leagues at 48 is Tamani Kamara, 49 is Jalen Slauson, 50 is Seth Lundy, 51, Jalen Smith, 52 to Quavion Smith, sorry, Jalen Wilson, 51, 52 to Quavion Smith, and 53 is Adama Sonogo up from 56. Tier 13, how, yeah, tier 13, so how far are we going with this? We've got a little bit to go. 57 is Demoy Hodge, who was at 64 last time, Lakers two-way guy. Should have been drafted. The Lakers always do well in the undrafted market, and they did it again with Castleton and Hodge. I uh, thought he looked awesome, really. I think he's a guy that can be an NBA rotation player at some point. At 59, it's Mike Miles. Sorry, 58 is Mike Miles, up from 59. Mavericks two-way guy. He's not going to play too much, but he showed a few little flashes there to me. Mojave King moves from 56 to 59. He's not going to be in the NBA this season. I could afford to drop him down further. 60 is Craig Porter Jr., just adding another Porter Jr. Every Porter Jr. is a Porter Jr. Sorry, try again. Every Porter is a Porter Jr. Otto, Michael, Kevin, and now Craig. Or as you Americans would like to call him, Craig. Um, I thought he looked good for the Cavs. Don't know how much he's going to play, but he's moved. He wasn't even ranked last time for me, moving up to 60. Isaiah Wong's at 61, down from 57. Keontae Johnson from 58 to 62. And Chris Livingston from 60, down to 63. For points leagues, I've got Colin Castleton at 54. I've got Jalen Clark at 55. Mojave King at 56. Chris Livingston, 57. And Mike Miles, 58. If we go through to tier 14, um, category leagues, I've got Marquise Noel, 64, Raptors two-way. He showed he can score, but he's so tiny. But I've got him at 64. As well as Tabalas at 65 for the Sixers. Jalen Martin at 66 for the Knicks. Thought, again, another overtime elite guy that showed enough. Jordan Miller at 67. Ricky Council, the fourth, at 68. And Malcolm Cazalon at 69. Giggity. Two-way guy for the Pistons. Showed something better than what they had last year with Roden and Bayheim, but showed something. So he gets onto the list. Uh, for points leagues in tier 14, it's Gortman at 59, Keontae Johnson at 60, Ricky Council, 61, Isaiah Wong, 62, Tabala, 63, Craig Porter, 64, Jordan Miller, 65, Jalen Martin, 66. And then finally, we go to tier 15. For category leagues, Amari Moore at 70, Tariq Biberovic, who I don't think is going to play for the Grizzlies this season, but he looked okay at times in Summer League. He's at 71. Serge Barry Rice, two-way guy for the Spurs at 72. Oscar Shibway at 73. Monster rebounder, but I'm not sure what else he can do. He's for the Pacers as a two-way guy. 74, I've still got Vincent Valerio Bodon. He's not going to play this season. He played a little bit for the Celtics Summer League team, but that's just a deeper stash. And then 75 is Charles Bidiaco from Arkansas. Arkansas or Alabama? I've just lost it in my mind. Big man who showed something to me there. And then for points league, 67 is Demoy Hodge. 68... Tariq Babirovic, 69 is Amari Moore, 70 is Marquise Noel, and 71 is Malcolm Cazalon. And that will do it for me today. I'm back. Not too rusty. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, give me a gang gang. Yes, 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 yes. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Say ya. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.